students. Welcome to episode 29 of the Film Student Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Lazaroni. On this week's episode, my guest is not a student of the Harold Ramis Film School, but he is definitely deeply involved with the program. Dom Udell is a Chicago-based cinematographer who has been involved with multiple student films over the past year. I wanted to learn about how he got involved with HRFS and what he hopes to gain from partnering with so many students to help them with their projects. On with the show. I I think I got started like every other kid gets started, where it's like they find a camera. Or you act as if this is a normal thing. To this get is started very in like very normal. Thousands this, upon thousands of dollars. When I talk equipment. about this, I think everyone has at one point grabbed their dad's camera, but I feel like mo- most kids have. Yeah. But I I did, and then I got a camera when I was like twelve or something. I asked for one, and my buddy Dustin and I just started making videos. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like what, what kind of stuff? What was uh, what like, was early Dom? Like one that I have that I uh, uh, just am so willing to show people that I need to get and show you <laughs> is we made this like Taken style movie trailer. Yeah, and we're in it, of course, because we're the only people that we could find to act. Yeah, and we also shot it and <laughs> we wrote it and it was like fake guns and stuff like that and this these violence and so the premise was. Uh, my friend Dustin, his family had been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he's like 13. So he's playing as if he had a family. <laughs> my wife. And so we shot this thing um, and edited it. And I watch it now and I'm like, oh, wow, I don't know why I did that, but I like yeah. that I did that. But it's really funny. Um, and then we made a bunch of those and I was always doing the camera stuff and he was always in them because he was the only person I could get to act. Um <laughs> But I think that's kind of how I got my start. And then I, I kind of like ventured away from from filmmaking for a while after that. Yeah. I went into science and mm-hmm. eventually considering pharmacy at one point. Which, oh, really? Yeah. I, was, I worked in a pharmacy for a while. Where'd you grow up? Um, so I grew up in, in southwest Michigan in okay. a town called Niles, which is like it's 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. Really great place to grow up, but not a great place to live Yeah, kind of thing. Um boring once you hit a certain yeah, age yeah for sure and got out as soon as i could and glad i did <laughs> glad I did. your family still there yeah so my okay. parents are still there my brother is is in the area and i have like cousins and aunts and uncles um but my parents were even glad i left so that kind of thing. mom was like i'm so glad you left there's nothing here for you, you need to get out yeah you need yeah. to go someplace else yes yeah, so. uh so how'd you end up in chicago so was I, that just your, your get out? It was the easiest large city yeah, to go to? Yeah, it was the quickest way I could get somewhere. because So I graduated uh, from Michigan State in winter of 2014 with a, fil- with a film degree. Ultimately, I switched and studied film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved back home, and I was looking for jobs and work, and I was applying to everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter where. I was yeah. like New York, California, Chicago, Atlanta, Wisconsin didn't matter. And so I like, I got a handful of phone interviews with a few places, none of which worked out. And then eventually um, a place here, like a nonprofit cancer charity mm-hmm. needed a temporary video person. And it was like from a few months. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. It's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's the dream job. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this is what I went to college for. This, this, when that this nonprofit charity, calls, you yeah, charity work, charity video work. <laughs> So I moved here and I, I thought it's not that far. If it doesn't work out, I can always just move home. And so I did that and things were doing all right. And 
Craigslisted an apartment and mm-hmm. moved in with some random people and they ended up being pretty cool. And uh, then that job ended and I was like, oh shit, what do I do? And I was like scrambling, looking for work. And I found this company um, that did commercial work and they also did weddings. And so okay. I interviewed and they liked me and I sent them some work and they hired me. And I was there for about two years. Yeah. And then up until about a year ago, then I went I went freelance. Nice. And so. you and that's that's how you ended up working with this with uh, Harold Ramis people was sort of through freelancing. Yeah. It, it involves Instagram, I understand. Not I mean <laughs> kind I guess maybe. Uh so it's funny and the whole reason I've done any of this stuff is because of my girlfriend. So my girlfriend, Emma went to Loyola here in Chicago. And so in her friend group, uh, there was this guy, Tim Ferrari. Mm -hmm. And so he was in one of the film school programs and she was like, you got to meet this guy, Tim. He does film. He's a really cool guy. He's in the green cohort for us. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the colors anymore. Yeah. They all blend together. Yeah. Uh, Well, they started repeating (laughs) and it got confusing. (laughs) Yeah. So he was doing, he was doing a project. Um, and he was like, Hey man, do you want to shoot my, my video and I was like of course I do I like hadn't shot a short film in a long time yeah I was shooting tons and tons of weddings and like shitty low budget commercials yeah. and stuff it's like a chance that. to get away from that stuff yeah, yeah yeah so so I I did that one and it was super fun and I met a bunch of people who I ended up working with later but at the time I was like oh hey like you guys are all cool people nice to meet you right um and then he had me film his final project which was really cool. And then after that, people started asking like, who, who shot your project? What's and the, like they, me or they, yeah. Or they <laughs> met, had met me and yeah. they, they met me at, on his set or something. And I guess they liked me and I was like, are you sure you're talking about the same person? But, um, <laughs> so I got emails and from multiple people. Yeah. And then I was like, of course I want to shoot your short films. And yeah. It's not something I really sought out even. But yeah, it, it, I'm glad I found it. It's really cool. Well, and you and you you've been doing a bunch of them. You're tons. What, what's your? Have you kept count? I'm prolific. I, uh, <laughs> I the thing is, I like, I like I've only seen like one of them. Oh, really? The one you edited. So really? Danny Marshall's is yeah. I, I think. Well, I saw Tim's. Right. He sent those, but the more recent ones, I've done seven or eight. I think in the past couple months, a lot of those they're they're still like they just submitted them on Monday yeah, yeah. of this week. Yeah, uh, so I really haven't had a week. chance to sit down and, and watch. And then you're them. missing the screening, and I'm not going to be in town. And <sighs> I'm just an illusion. I'm not real. <laughs> I'm not even doing this right now. So just so that everybody that goes to that screening is like, who's this Dom guy? It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know, man. He's just, he He's doesn't a ghost. Exist. <laughs> yeah, he didn't shoot myself. Uh, so. I've only seen like Danny Marshall's, which was really fun, and I'm mm-hmm. really bummed. I'm gonna miss seeing everyone's on the big screen and all yeah. that. But you know, I'll have to come to a to another screen. But hopefully, some of them get into festivals and might be, be a shot. Awesome! That. It'd be so great. Yeah. I'd love that. Because there, this this crop. I mean, not not to take anything away from from previous classes. I've I've seen work from from those, and there's been some really excellent stuff from those classes too. But I feel like across the board, sure. this class that's coming out 
has awesome looking stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's not any one of them that I'm like, oh, this is kind of this is kind of half assed. Like yeah. they, they all yeah. seem like they they put a lot of yeah. you know time and energy and resources into into making good looking stuff. In part by going and getting somebody like yourself to to actually you know help them out oh, and make thank it. You, thank you. And not yeah. just run the camera themselves, which never works out the same way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's been cool because so I've I've met people across a few of the different cohorts, but. Uh, this one, I feel like I've gotten to know mm-hmm. the most or the best. The, the, the ones that are about to the graduate. The ones that are about to graduate. Yeah. I've, I've been... I'm well, like unofficially a part of their. It'll shift. You'll go to sign them. Yeah, yeah. We will. I'm in your. I'm going to be in yours, and I'll, I'm sure I'll meet everyone. And we'll co-opt you as yeah, much as possible. Yeah, for, please, please keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, have, uh, what have, what's the experience been like on the on the sets for these? It's been it's been super fun. It's it's cool. So there, there's like a couple things, and it's cool to see filmmakers kind of finding their voice because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people coming through this school haven't had a filmmaking voice develop yet and so you kind of get to witness that and it's Mm -hmm. fun to see other people and their their styles of directing or writing but it's also I was just talking about this the other day with with some friends and I was like it's so it's so cool to be a part of this specific comedy community Mm -hmm. and also really intimidating because you meet these people and they're so funny and so intelligent Oh. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. There's <laughs> some of the funniest people I've ever met. I hope that that word starts to get out yeah, more. Yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, I think I think Harold Ramis has, the, the school has like, has done a good job at selecting, mm-hmm. you know, talent mm-hmm. in various forms. And everybody's so different at, you know, com- at their type of comedy. Or that was their, that was their intention was to bring in, like they curate the cohorts yeah. and try and like put them together so that you get, a few people that are different styles, comedic styles, yeah. different, you know, yeah. different, uh, um, uh, backgrounds as far as some people are writers, some people yeah. are actors, some people are, yeah. are, uh, you know, musicians. Some yeah. people are, there's a guy in, in, uh, red, I think it is that came in drawing comics. Like oh, that's cool. how that was his submission yeah. piece was comics. Like it's amazing. And it's, inter- it's interesting. Cause everybody's like, level of performance and style of mm-hmm. performance of comedy is different and writing and thinking. And, uh, like for example, like Chris Dritzis is, mm-hmm. I think he's so funny. <laughs> and I noticed that he uses comedy in a way to, to relate to people, especially when like first meeting them. Yeah. And I'm like, I've never seen anyone use comedy like that. And it's so interesting and cool. And it's like, wow, this is amazing. And a community I didn't think I would ever be a part of, which is which is really neat. So. You can see it on his face sometimes when you're when when you are talking to him where he's like trying to put together like a bit. So that yeah, he can, he so can he that. can delight you. And then he'll, then he'll yeah. start smiling and you're like, oh, the bit's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I love it. It's, it's so great. I, love I had him on, on the show like eight or nine episodes ago. Yeah. And yeah, he's just he's a weird dude, but yeah. in the most wonderful possible it's, way. It's so cool. And I haven't do, I haven't shot anything of his yet, but I want to. Yeah. He's a person that I'm like. So Chris Stritzis, I'm coming for you. Uh, <laughs> please listen to this. Um, well, he asked me to shoot something, and I wasn't available. So, that, but that, that that's, that's getting to be like your only real turndown thing is like if you're not <laughs> yeah, available. Yeah. Like if you're already shooting somebody else's yeah, thing or yeah, shooting a paid project. Like yeah, other than that, you seem to take most most everything. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I'm trying to get the reps. Yeah, I'm trying to get the bad out, and sadly, you guys are the getting the brunt of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's been no bad. no it, it hasn't been I've, uh, but no 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 I, I don't it, it I think at the end of the day like what you might 
uh, interpret as bad, like not up to the stuff of where you want to be with right, it, yeah. is still light years ahead of what we can do. Oh, sure. Like yeah. I, I, I can run a camera. Like yeah. I, I mean, the one we're working on now, we're working on Dream Fuel, and yeah. you've been using my camera for uh-huh. it, and it's all all my gear other than a couple of lights from from your end. But yeah. um, it's just been like I know how to run that stuff, but I don't have the touch to be able to like, sure make that angle work yeah. the right way or yeah. to see oh this should be the shot that we should be using because mm-hmm. we we shot last weekend mm-hmm. and we had this like i had this very specific plan based on sunset and getting all the mm-hmm. shots that we needed in to make it look sure. like dawn and so we had to shoot in reverse order like it's it's kind of an insane schedule yeah hectic uh, for sure but it worked and it we, so we showed great. we showed up like two hours beforehand and rehearsed the whole thing figured yeah. out where the camera was going to be what lenses we needed what what filters yeah. all that stuff so we could just roll through it yeah um but at the end of the day like you know i had these nine shots we wound up shooting i think 11 because you had a couple shots that were just better than what uh, than sure. what i put together because sure. you're like this angle just looks better it just sure. looks cleaner you know yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a better frame up out. so so it, it helps out a lot to, to be able to have somebody that can that can look at it and go no what you're going for kind of sucks this is this will be better <laughs> like <laughs> and not so many words right no yeah, it's, yeah. but it's true and, sure and it, yeah. it, it makes it work that much i just i go through the thing of I see my st- I, well. I see the stuff I'm shooting now, and I'm like, "Damn, I feel bad that I shot Tim's project. It, it would be so better, so much better now." And uh, and also, I go through the thing of I'll I'll see something and I'll like it, but then I'll look at it ten times and yeah. then I hate it, and I'm like, "This sucks. I want to go back and shoot this again." Yeah, I do that at every project. I yeah. do that too. Yeah, I look at yeah. stuff and I'm and. Uh, you know, I showed you that devour one with the overhead, the, the bed shot. Oh yeah, straight down. Yeah, and they're like that shot. Very happy with yeah. like the the match cut, the push in of the two of them on the couch. Very happy with that. Could have done more with set deck, sure. but that's on me. Sure. But then, like when he goes up the stairs, I'm like, there's a point where he just gets to the top of the stairs, and I'm like, it's terrible from here on out <laughs> as far as like cinematography goes because yeah. it was so late, and yeah. we're just yeah. everybody's dead tired, sure. and I'm just pushing and trying yeah. to get stuff done. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, same deal. I I look at it and I just I wish I could have that back. You you always do. I feel like I do that with every single thing I shoot and every project I finish. I'm just like, oh, I hate it. Let me shoot something else. <laughs> never. I'm never satisfied. And so what you said you were doing like commercials and stuff like that beforehand. Uh, what yeah. kind of stuff was that? So that was like that was stuff for companies that was web content or mm-hmm. social media content or stuff like that where it was. Um, like for example, we shot this this web commercial for a dental instrument company. Somebody created a new instrument to fill cavities, and so I so I shot and uh, directed and wrote this little low budget, which low budget was five thousand or right. less than ten thousand. Right. So I did a string of, of commercials like that. <laughs> yeah, high, high budget in our, in our terms for sure of short films. Um, so I was doing like handfuls of projects like that, but in between the company I was at also had, um, a side of their company that they did weddings. Mm -hmm. So I was shooting every weekend of the summer and editing during the week and fitting other stuff in and then got totally burnt out. That was tough. Anybody who shoots weddings, I feel it's, for them. It's yeah. so rough. I, I worked with a couple of guys when I back when I worked at Apple. Because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of just creative people. Like a lot, a lot of my original crew <coughs> oh, is, sure. is ex Apple people that I worked with that mm-hmm. I just pulled in to, to help out with stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of photographers that work in the, in the stores, and that's really Monday through Friday, and then they go shoot weddings on the weekends. Yeah, man. And uh, those guys like they're 
they're sometimes happy, and those are the guys that are new at it. Uh-huh. Like the rest of them are just miserable. <laughs> yeah, I it was a thing of uh, weddings are kind of the fastest and easiest way to get paid for your creative. Mm-hmm. In ter- if you're a video photo person, um, so it's cool, and it's cool for the first like fifteen or twenty yeah. weddings, and you're like the money is good and it's flexible, and there's these things, and once you do a couple, you get the feel for it, and right. You're good at it, and it's fast and whatever. Um, but then you start getting to the point of doing 30, 40, 50, or you do a couple seasons worth, and you're like, I'm spending every weekend. Yeah. And I want to hang out with my friends. I want to hang out with my girlfriend. I want to <laughs> do stuff. And, and they're like, why can't you ever hang out? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, man. I got to edit this Catholic ceremony. Uh, so Which that are always just so exciting. Yeah, yeah, they're way too long. Stand up, sit down, stand up. I could down. officiate at this point. Um, so I, I got to a point of of um, of just being burnt out, and then kind of told my company that I was at. The guys kind of knew that, and um, I think they kind of saw that coming that I was eventually going to leave, and mm-hmm. uh, they were super cool about it. And I've been freelance for about a year now, but. Uh, super grateful for the the wedding shoots and all that stuff because i learned so much i learned how to use a camera really well yeah and how to place someone in the right light and how to compose it's like what you're saying it's just reps yeah it's it's just over and over and over again you learn the different times of day the different ways of of framing things up i was just listening to um uh here's the thing the alec baldwin podcast okay and he was interviewing the guy who was the photographer for um for Reagan and for Obama. Oh, sure. Um, Philip Sousa. Yeah. And he was talking about photographer. He was talking about his, uh, his, um, like the shooting in the, in the, uh, oval office is easier, uh, during the winter months because of how the sunlight comes in. Mm -hmm. He's like something kind of just magical happens with the lighting. So he's like, I would sit through the summer and just wait until that lighting changed in the room and then just go and try and get as much as possible in that room. And it's just really interesting to think about like that's you you're working with a space so much that you know it that well. You know specifically like, how here's to do the day it. I can start yeah. shooting in there and get great yeah. stuff. And know? it's just like that when you do weddings and you go into a hotel room. Yeah. And you're like, there's the window, these yeah. are the shears, <laughs> let's move this chair out. Like they're all the same. Yeah. So you're like you get very acquainted on Here's, on here's the way we can set this up so that it doesn't look like it's a hotel room. Yeah, it looks and then like it could be I think one much nicer. Oh, completely. I, and I think one thing that uh, people may not may overlook and may not realize is the level of soft skills you develop in yeah. shooting weddings. I mean, I got really good at making conversation with strangers and making people feel comfortable because you you show up and you're like carrying all this gear and then you point a camera in their face. And, and it can it's, be intimidating. It's, it's intimidating for sure. And then if you know you're uh, with the bride and bridesmaids and you're mm-hmm. the only guy in the room, sometimes they feel like there's this ener- this weird energy, yeah. And so you have to kind of manage that and make them feel really comfortable because it changes the image that you get. Like it does the, completely. What, what, whatever they're feeling, you're going to get on yeah, their face. Yeah, and if they're happy, you know the footage looks great and huh. the edits better. But and so, what is your end goal? Like, what do you, what would you love to be able to <laughs> to do with this stuff? I would love. For one of you second cityers to get a lot of money and write it an awesome script and then be like, hey, man, we want to shoot a feature film. Yeah. And then be like, I can pay you real money. <laughs> and I'd be like, this is great. Let's the, do it. The income is part yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. The income is definitely part of it. I want to I want to eat. Um, <laughs> it's difficult. Yeah. Uh, so I think of if. 
if I could do a feature film or like shoot feature films, that would mm. be my my end goal. I also would love to venture into other areas of filmmaking too. Mm. I like, like like what like I I would love to direct some stuff. Okay. Um, I've been writing a little bit of of uh, stuff in my spare time. Mm-hmm. It's probably my weakest aspect of filmmaking. That's why I went through the school. Yeah, honestly, I was yeah. I, same boat. Like I was not. I, I was used to helping other people make their things work. Sure. More so than than actually <coughs> writing it myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's something it's and it's going by it's just reps. It's yeah, just, you just get the stuff out and then make it or don't mm-hmm. and then write some new stuff and Yeah. Uh, or get it out and then reiterate 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 yeah, which is yeah. what our last term in classes is going yeah, to be. It's just yeah. rewriting the same things over and over again. Yeah. Until we're sick yeah. of them, but until they're good. I think I think eventually I want to do that stuff and move beyond. But right now, uh, cinematography is the thing that I'm best at. Mm-hmm. I'm the most inclined right. to be like a visual storyteller and handle that aspect of the process. Um, and that comes the easiest. Mm-hmm. So I feel like right now I'm positioning myself to where that's my fastest way into the industry. Yeah. And I'm like, if I just double down on this thing, I can get where I want to be. Right. And then if I want to pivot or I want to expand or explore, maybe I can. And, who knows if that plan will work, <laughs> but that's the one I have. Like, that's the one I have in my head. Yeah. So, uh, take a running start at it. See what happens. Yeah. 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 I, I also feel like now in the, the state of filmmaking is you don't have to be any one thing if you don't want to be. Mm. Um, cause there's plenty of filmmakers that do a lot of different things. Yeah. And I just read, uh, the Duplass brothers book, Yeah. which is amazing. And I would highly recommend that for anybody in filmmaking what's the what's the subject is it so it's it's about it's just kind of like bits of advice and and perspective on how they came up in the industry Mm -hmm. and how they've become independents and self-funded all their projects and done this really which is done all these yeah they've done these really amazing films and uh, have done all them themselves and done a lot of the the parts and processes like um jay you know in their first film was shooting it, you know, in addition to also helping write it and then Mark acting in it. And then they mm-hmm. edited it. They had their buddy edit it. And then they, uh, got it distributed by Netflix when Netflix was really early on, but it was like really cool. And now they're at a point where, um, they can pretty much make whatever they want mm-hmm. and people will just buy it and they can fund it and they can fund their friends' projects. And yeah. it's amazing. And I'm like, that's the, that's the dream to be able like to that's, exist. That's the big difference between, you know, obviously between independent and, and uh, studio, but really even just between non-independent, you know, wannabe filmmakers and yeah. independent filmmakers is just money. Yeah. It's just being able to tap into that, into yeah. that side of it. And yeah. it, it's, it uh, you know, kind of like what you're saying, the soft skills side of it. Yeah. Like you need to be able to, raise money if yeah. you want to be able to make yeah. stuff. You have to be extremely persuasive and convincing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I think as well as talented, um, that's a part of it to get, to get the money to make it. And another thing is you just have to have the community. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's like, that's the single most important thing I think around filmmaking. Cause mm-hmm. it's to a point now where like we could all get our hands on the gear we need to conceivably make a movie. Mm-hmm. And we all either own that or can find it. The tools are there. Yeah. And just a matter of getting the bodies and the the other talent that you need. And if you have the community, you can ask them and call on them to do that. Mm. I think it's amazing too seeing, you know, some of these projects that come out on the other side and, and even one, 
I'm not even necessarily going to say non-talented person, but even one mistake mm-hmm. by somebody, you know, turning some portion of their cog of the giant machine mm-hmm. of, of, of the, you know, the production that mm-hmm. you're making. Um, th- that's all it takes for it to, to just get ruined. Yeah, completely. It's, it's incredible. Like, I've seen so many of these shorts that it's like one little thing. It's like audio or yeah, it's set it kills it. or it's, you know, the writing's just not quite clean or something like that. Yeah. And you, I think you have to be, when you're kind of trying to build your community, it's a thing where you have to be, um, almost sacred about who you let in your, your circle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like the couple of guys that I work with, I work with Anthony Gibson and Zach mm-hmm. Green all the time. Yeah. And there's a reason. And I was really sacred about finding those people I wanted to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And I was in Chicago for over two years before I met those guys and was like, yep, those are the guys I want to work with. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like when, when you meet someone and you know, and when you know, you know, Right. And so the three of us do everything together. Yeah, we shoot was, stuff all the time. When I was in DC, I, I did the same thing. I started yeah. out uh, the first the first film I made. Um, I had 20 people in the writer's room, which Ooh. was stupid. Like yeah. just way too much and nothing got done because I tried to run it as like a democratic process. Sure. Which then, you know, every... The, democracy the the biggest fault is that everybody's somewhat unhappy like, yeah yeah <laughs> like that's how you that's yeah. how you reach you know consensus <laughs> on stuff is it and so yeah it didn't work out well for that and you know eventually started to pare down but um it was just a reiterative process of doing like 48 hour film festival uh-huh. and just bringing people bringing people in try them out i always did like a i would give them the first time just to see if I liked working with them, the second time to see if they if they could duplicate and then if they were good after the second time, then I just continue to use them. Yeah. For, yeah. for anything else that they were willing to come back for. Yeah. Occasionally I would have somebody that would do t- one or two and then didn't want to do anything more. Cool, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I over time just started to find these people that were It's so difficult. generally reliable. Yeah. It's it's so difficult too cuz it's like you want to find those people that compliment mm-hmm. your personality or they're good at the things maybe you're not so good at mm-hmm. and finding those people who were where you can feel like uh you know you can be heard but also you can hear them out mm-hmm. and you can communicate well and stuff like that i think that is if there were were any piece of advice i wish someone were to give me a few years ago is like find your community of filmmakers yeah. and everything else will kind of start to fall into place for right. you uh, cause that's everything. Yeah. And I think that for me anyways, that's what it's been. It's been everything for me. I think it's, it's for anybody. I mean, yeah. it's, it's gonna, it makes a big difference once you know the people that you, that you because it is a collaborative art form. Like yeah. You have, you're yeah. not going to be able to make something right. on your own. You can helm it on your own, but, uh, even that's difficult. Like, yeah. uh, you know, the, one of the things they, they were talking to us about is like the order in which you hire people into mm-hmm. a production. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's really like, four people at the top of any production. Like everybody thinks director. Um, and actually a podcast I was listening to earlier was, was uh, the director's guild. And um, yeah. I can't remember which director it was, but they were talking about how they, um, you know, directors will uh, unduly receive more of the acclaim or more of the blame. Sure. Depending on how a film does uh-huh. like the, the, they, they kind of take the brunt of it because that it's their name on, on the piece. But yeah. at the end of the day, there's, four people at the top. I mean, it's them, it's the executive producer, it's the art director and it's the cinematographer. Like the, that's your, that's your, your big group. That's really choosing how this film looks and feels and rolls. And if you don't have the right group for that, it's, 
Yeah. It's never yeah. going to turn out great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's crazy. And so I love seeing these these groups that are popping up more and more, I feel like, in television and, and film that is it's the same group of people like mm-hmm. over and over again. It's mm-hmm. that um, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost, uh, Simon Pegg combo oh, yeah. for for, yeah. for all their work together. It's, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just finding that that little niche that you've got. Yeah, once you find those people, it's like you never want to work with anyone else. Yeah, you're like I've I found it. Why would I ever go and find someone else? Yeah, yeah. So what stuff are you working on right now? Obviously, you're working on Dream Fuel with, with me for yeah, my yeah. term two. So I'm doing that, and then uh, I'm helping Anthony. Anthony Gibson has a project. He's uh, in the process of getting funding for. And okay. He's, he's also applied for the Panavision grant. Oh, nice. Um, and so he has a film about uh, toxic male masculinity and body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. And so I'm helping out on that project. And actually, Zach is DPing that project. And okay. so I'm gaffing that project. But we're kind of in the process of figuring out how we're going to do it, where we're going to do it, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know if he's told you about it or not. Mm-mm. You should I ask actually, him. I don't know that I've worked with Zach yet. I feel like oh, we, okay. I, I've met Anthony multiple sure. times. But I, I think every project that you and I have ended up on, Zach either wasn't there or wasn't there for that day. Like couldn't or, do it or some, some yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think we, we've crossed paths yet. Yeah. But, um, you probably will eventually. I'm sure. Inevitably, I it's feel It's going like. to happen at some yeah. point in time. Yeah. But So we're working, on, we're working on that project or getting that ready, planning on doing that in October. And... Um, we've also shot, uh, some stuff on our own and we're like mm. putting it together and who knows what we're going to do with that. Like, and, like sketch short or sketch. Shorts or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have some stuff. I love that we're getting the jets going by cause you're going to hear <laughs> this. Uh, there's going to be no way to avoid it, but they're doing the air show yeah. uh, down at that, at the Harbor. So we're getting just like we're, military jets flying we're podcasting over, like, in a war zone. Yeah. Actually. It feels that way, which uh, is also exciting me so much about filming in this, yeah. in this apartment later today. <laughs> I'm hoping that it's is not going to be a thing. Nightmare. It's like the fireworks last weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh. Always at the worst time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so working on... on working uh, on that, like various creative projects. And then um, I'm also doing some corporate uh, video to pay the bills. And mm-hmm. that's kind of taking on its own life, which okay. is cool. Because I haven't... So it's difficult. I've been running into the situation of, of um, doing corporate video and like commercial video and it's not necessarily a path I want to go down, and mm. I and I don't necessarily want to operate as a company, right? But I'm getting people wanting this stuff from other contacts that I've met over the years or whatever, mm-hmm. and other people are asking, "So, what's your company?" And I'm like, I hate telling people I don't have one. Yeah. So I'm kind of being pulled in the direction of maybe creating one, and so myself, Anthony, and Zach are thinking of of creating somewhat of a collective, right? Uh, maybe not necessarily a company, but something where we can aggregate our work mm-hmm. and kind of show people and just still operate as freelancers. Right. Um, but that's kind of taking on a life of its own. And I'm also worried that if I get pulled down that path, it's going to pull me away from this creative right. path. And I almost feel that's, the need to double down on that. That's always the the tough thing. That, that was one of those things. I, I When I was in D.C., I had a few opportunities to go do some corporate stuff. And every now and then I would, I would do one. Yeah. But it was more for the money than, than for anything else. But I'm like, I don't like I could go get a job doing that stuff. Right. I've got the, the background now to be able to go get that. But I just don't want to like that. Sure. That's that stuff. Just 
you know, and it's n- not to take anything away from the people that do it, but it just feels a little soul sucking. Like, it's, no, man, it's, like it's stable. It's it's good work. It pays well. And uh, turnarounds are usually quick. And mm-hmm. the people you work with are usually amazing. Right. Um, but ultimately, I want to be the creative, artistic filmmaker. Yeah. You know, I want to be the artist, not necessarily the businessman. Yeah. Um, and the more I dive down that road of owning, running, operating a business, mm-hmm. uh, the more time that's going to take. And yeah, so I'm, I'm working that out. I'm trying to just tread lightly on that and be like, yes, please, please keep sending me work. But I'm not <laughs> knocking on doors. I don't think. Yeah. Not yet. Anyways. Just let the, let the doors open. For I'll you. wait till winter comes and then I'll be knocking on doors <laughs> when there's no so work. When everything slows yeah, down. When everything yeah. dries up and Ugh. I'm twiddling my thumbs. Well, not for us. We'll be. Uh, I'm sure there's some people that are going to be shooting in November. Oh yeah, for sure. I I also have a um, a mini doc that I'm planning on doing this oh, yeah? fall. Yeah. What's so, the What's the subject for that one? So or the subject for that is I've been I've been wanting to do this for several years, but I'm finally getting around to planning and discussing it. Is I want to make a mini doc on my dad, and so my dad is this fanatical. Notre Dame football fan. Okay. And my hometown is like 15 minutes from the university okay. of Notre Dame in South Bend. So I want to follow him over the course of a season. And he has this uh, garage shrine mm-hmm. with this room in there that he that is nicknamed the hut. And anybody that knows me or my family knows about the hut. And it's his shrine to Notre Dame football. And he has all this memorabilia and he collects autographs and game day programs and stuff. Hmm. And, He'll, it's amazing because when you talk to him and you hear him talk about Notre Dame football, you can tell how big of a part of it, how big of a part of his life it is yeah, and how passionate he is. Mm-hmm. And it's something I don't necessarily relate to. <laughs> I, I'm not as big of a super fan as him and I never will be, but it's just so interesting to me um, because he'll record the games on the weekend and then during the week he will watch the games again, kind of like he's watching game film. Yeah, and analyze them and talk see about what them. Figure out see what he can figure out what they did wrong, what they should do. But it's this like intense love for this this thing, hmm. and he never went to Notre Dame. He he's just a fan. It's and like I heard Bruno, who's a diehard Virginia Tech fan. I went to Virginia Tech, but he yeah. his, his wife went, but he he didn't go there. But he's he's a like big hokey fan and yeah it's just so fun. I find that stuff so fascinating and like to be a to be so passionate about sports and football and stuff yeah. like because i'm not yeah and i think it would be fun it'd also just be a fun bonding experience i feel just like just is it is a romantic romanticization romanticization i don't know i don't i don't know if it will be or or what or is it i like, don't know what it's going to be yet i just know it's going to be you'll let it come together yeah i'll let room. it come together and i'll probably have a ton of footage but i'm gonna That's interview him and yeah <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have <laughs> several days of or weeks and whatever oh, cool. um but I'm just going to go and, and film and interview and kind of see what he, how he reacts, what he says, what the story is. Yeah. And maybe something will surface and maybe it won't. Who knows? Nice. But well, if people want to try and track down uh, your projects, see the stuff that you're working on, where can they find you online, social media? They can, they can find me at www.domudel.com. <laughs> D-O-M-U-D-E-L-L.com. Mm-hmm. Uh Instagram at Dom Udell. This is the nice thing about having your name is that it's yeah, unique yeah. enough you can get away with yeah, all yeah. these accounts. I, I tried to make my website Dom U, but I realized that was Domu, which is a apartment <laughs> rental site. Um, so that didn't work. 
Uh, I'm I'm on Facebook, but not very often. So if you add me, it will probably be weeks before I accept your friend request. <laughs> no offense, man. Um, no offense to anybody. I'm on Instagram all the time. Yeah, I love Instagram. Check well, it's easiest way yeah. to to show content that you're making. Yeah, too. yeah, visual stuff. Yeah. Um, I love Instagram stories, so watch them. Awesome. Um, but yeah, reach out. Feel free. Sounds good. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks. And that was Dom Udell. Thanks to Dom, to the Harold Ramis Film School, and the Second City staff for their help. The song on this week's episode was The Mountain by the Great Heights Band off their new album, Rad Pop. Pick up the album today on iTunes and Google Play. This show is recorded and edited by me, Tony Lazaroni. If you want to hear more from me and my classmates, teachers, and a few special guests, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at filmstudentpod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at filmstudentpod. And be sure to check out some of my and my classmates' work at filmstudentpod.com. See you all next week. Class dismissed. <laughs>